0: What
1: you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. to snap judgments raw and order wbu's reviews of aew i'm actually going to uh start off with an apology i missed last week's aew review um things have just been kind of hectic around my house my two-year-old's been um a pain not wanting to go to bed things like that those are all personal problems not a problem with this uh but i do apologize uh, I've also been doing a lot of thinking about this And and I'm just not sure the review format is working And so, um, tonight's episode's gonna mark a kind of change in this I'll probably even retitle it down the road away from this Away from the Snap Judgment's name Um, We gave these reviews a bit of a try Uh, Some of them seem to be working JLB's reviews for Raw and SmackDown work a little bit better Some done on time Um, But... Uh, For me, and I know uh, D.A.K. Fabe, uh, he's having a lot of personal uh, life problems. He's talked about it on his, so I'm not going to go into uh, anything um, more than he wants uh, out there. But so he's having a hard time getting his done as well. So I did a lot of thinking about it. And for me, I think uh, the solution is to change the format a bit. And it not be the typical, this is what happened, and and then this happened, and this happened, and then this happened, um, review. You can get a lot of those elsewhere. They're all over the place. You can go to what culture and get the rooms, the play-by-play room. Um, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you watched the show, so you really don't need the play-by-play. So what I'm going to do now is, uh, from now on, this AEW, um, episode is going to be more of a, um, well to steal a phrase from Simon Miller, an ups and downs sort of. a. So so yeah, we're going to call this Smark My Words. This is going to be me talking about what worked in AEW this week and what didn't work. Specifically, we are talking about AEW Dynamite. I may bring Dark back into it once it starts mattering again, but for now, we are just going to talk AEW Dynamite. Before I get into uh, the results or the the shows. I do want to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatanus Co. Podcast Network. So you can head over to tatanusco.com and see all the other shows there and listen to them and uh, have a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of great shows. Over. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, I I really, really highly recommend everyone go check them out. Um, there's some fun shows. Tatanus will talk for two hours. Um, and he'll cover pretty much anything. So ta- check out the Tatnist podcast, Uncensored. Um, in the Dicebox Slam uh, does feature Nyla Rose on it, uh, Carpool Shenanigans, Basement Bullshit, uh, Chicken Hen with SM. They're all phenomenal. So go check them out. Also, while you are checking things out... Um, worth checking out our Patreon and our merch page. You can head over to patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. You can support us through there with a monthly donation, get access to some sweet perks, or you can head over to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU and purchase some merch. Uh, a great way to support us is to get a t-shirt. It helps get the word out about us. And it puts a little coin in our pocket that helps us, um, Be able to prioritize this a little bit more You know uh, I've mentioned this before but all three of us have, Have jobs we're not full-time podcaster. Um, every little bit that comes in on this can help us devote more time towards this. So if you enjoy listening to this, and I know there's a, a good chunk of people out there who do seem to enjoy this, sending a little bit of money our way does help make it a little bit easier for us to devote the time because it does take a lot of time and a lot of energy to put together these podcasts. We're putting out six shows a week most of the time. Um, that's That's a lot of work to be done, so... Uh, help us out that way. If you can't help us out through one of those ways, then a like, a share and a subscribe are the best. Share Raw and Order WBU on Twitter um, or Facebook or whatever one um, you use. TikTok, make a TikTok about us. Uh, you know, I love it. Right. Um, so so the, that being all out of the way, we will get into my thoughts on AEW Dynamite. Now, because I missed doing Fighter Fest Week Two, I am going to cover that in this. You're going to get a double long episode for this because I'm going to first start off with Fighter Fest Night Two and tell you what worked for me and what didn't work for. Smark my words, AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Week Two. And to start off with, what didn't work for me, I'm I'm just not a fan of feeding Joey Janela to to Lance Archer. Not a fan of it. Um, we've been trying to rebuild Joey. This uh, Joey Janelle and Sonny Kiss tag team duo sort of a thing is working. It's fun. It's wonderful. I love every second of it. Um, and then what do we do? We just feed Joey Janela to Lance Archer. I'm not saying that it wasn't a decent match. It was. Joey Janela got some decent offense in, but in the end it was built, uh, made to build up Lance Archer. Um there was some nice work with Sonny Kiss uh, interfering behind the ref's back and helping Joey Janela and all of that stuff. And I guess if if it would have ended with Joey Janela uh, somehow or another squeezing out a win, I I might have put this on the worked for me. But I just don't like the idea of feeding Joey Janela. Like. Another thing didn't work for me. And this is going to be kind of a half and half. You'll you'll see there's parts of this that did work for me. But what didn't work for me was the whole vignette of Swole getting served outside. Uh, It's not that I don't like the angle. I don't like the execution of this part of it. The filming of it felt forced. It uh, wasn't scripted very well or hardly at all. Um, and I just think there's a better way they could have done it. They could have done it with like a, um, you know, Hey guys, we're going to show you what happened earlier today at the hotel. And so instead of being in the parking lot where it's noisy and it's hard to mic very well and all of that stuff. And instead of making it look like AEW is just like, hey, let's just let Swole drive two and a half hours for no good reason. They could have it be that she drove out, she was at the hotel, and they served her at the hotel earlier in the day. And I think that would have made a better, uh, might be nitpicking a bit, but I just, right. I also did not like, another thing that did not work for me is Nyla squashing these two enhancement talent. Um, And like, I mean, I get it. I know they're a little limited on the, uh, number of women they can get there and so they have to start using some, some indie talent but then don't make it a squash right um, if you want to build Nyla Rose up as a beast squashing bugs is not the way to build her up as the beast squashing known people um, or competitive matches with known people that she still are and so I just didn't like that um, and then the final thing on Fighter Fest Night 2 that did not work for And again, this is maybe me being a little nitpicky, but it bugged me. It bugged the crap out of me. The spot in the um, Dark Order and Colt Cabana versus SCU match where um, I believe uh, um, SCU, um, I'm totally... uh, Christopher Daniels hit the um, best moonsault ever and went to pin one of the Dark Order people... And then Colt Cabana ran in and broke it up. And there was this whole thing where Christopher Daniels looked at Colt Cabana and was like, how could you do that? Like, he was betrayed. And Colt Cabana was like, I had to. And What did you think? He was on the other team. Of course he's going to, right? I'd be more surprised if he didn't. It would have been a betrayal if he didn't try to break up the pin of one of his tag partners getting pinned, right? Um, It would have been... A betrayal. If he had been on the SCU side and broke up the pen, but he was on the Dark Order side, so of course he was going to break that up. There shouldn't have been this look of betrayal, and but that gets us to the end of what didn't work for me in Fighter Fest Night Two. Um, it it was still a good show, uh, and I think you'll see when I talk about the things that did work for me but those things did not work. But that makes a good time for us to move on to what did work. And and I think that's why I like putting this at the end. We'll, t- we'll get the stuff that didn't work out of the way early on and then we'll focus on the positives here. So what worked for me? Um, The opening match, Page and Omega versus Private Party. That was a fire match. Uh, Paige and Omega put on great matches. They're both phenomenal wrestling. I'm a fan of Omega. Private Party puts on great matches. Um, They're still a little green, but they're they're improving vastly. Um, This was filled with lots of counters, lots of back and forth, uh, the sort of stuff that we uh, featured some awesome things like um, Hangman powerbombing Cassidy into the front row of the bleacher. Um, So off of the apron over the barricades um looked brutal um kenny of course hitting his snapdragons always always little there was a part where um private party countered uh the katara crusher i think it was encounter katara crusher um great stuff good stuff there um towards the end hangman power bombed mark Quinn onto isaiah cassidy uh just great that's the sort of stuff we want i mean because that's what you're telling kenny omega and, and hangman page are powerhouses uh com- especially compared to private parts. so let them be powerhouses and of course uh finishing up with the last call which i'm still not a fan of as a move it just it doesn't work for me as a move but it led to the win for hangman omega so that was fun i didn't ever think Private party was actually gonna win, but it was a very competitive match and it was fun to win. Next thing that worked for me in this is the FTW belt. Having Taz bring that out and present it to Brian K. Um, I mean, it, it. we often complain that AEW feels like WCW Lite or WCW 2.0, um, but this actually was WWF 3.0, you know, but I've always been a fan of this concept of the bot title um a title that's not won but bestowed and and this isn't the first time it's been used um was the first time in aew but wcw did it and wwf did it and then when they became wwe they've done it i mean the most famous one is the million dollar belt uh that's that's the one that everyone thinks about but it's such a great like concept of this is not an official belt this is one that so-and-so bestowed on that person and it it's kind of a, uh, a stolen glory sort of a, um and I, I really get a kick out of it that's one of the things that i did really worked for um butcher and blade versus uh, butcher and blade and butcher brothers versus young buck and ftr this match was also fire they great contrast of styles you know ftr uh, and and young bucks having totally different styles. Young bucks are flippity doo and uh, no flips, just fists. Uh, versus butcher and blade, who have basically the same sort of thing. Butcher and blade aren't an aerial team by any, but Lucha Bros are. So it was a great contrast of styles. You had it set up where you could always have some flippity doos and some ground and pounds. It also allowed FTR to shine because you know, for a lot of the AEW fans, they might not be familiar with. FTR during their time in NXT when they were truly allowed to be the the wrestler that they want. Um, it also helped build up to the inevitable FTR versus Young Bucks match that's going to happen eventually based on the accidental super kick to Dax Harwood by Matt, allowing the quote unquote heels. I don't necessarily know if uh, FTR aren't also he, uh, allowing the heels to get the win. And so, kind of some great. You know back and forth on this, uh, building up some, some great potential future qu- uh, stuff, future uh, matches with FTR versus Young Bucks. Um, a lot of great stuff and a lot to like about it. Um, in contrast to me hating the scene before of Swole getting served, I actually really enjoyed the scene with Swole coming in, sneaking into the ring. Um, not in the ring, but the arena to beat on Brett Britt Baker. Yeah, that's just, that was just tons of fun to watch, and, um, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I like that they're kind of building, um, Swole up to be, I don't want to say the stone cold, but that's really kind of what the, I don't give an F character who's just going to come in and kick some ass. And I'm liking it, and it fits Swole very well, so I'm down for that. That works for Um, And then the main event of the night worked for me. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Orange Cassidy did very, very little of the sloth style. You know, put his hands in his pockets, but then just was rocking almost the entire night. Um, Back and forth, you know, it was a competitive match. Orange Cassidy was able to use height to get to the ropes during the lion tamer. But then you had heel tactics by Santana and Ortiz, you know, hitting him with the mad balls, uh, pouring orange juice in his eyes, things like that to, to try to give Jericho the edge. And and to be perfectly honest, I liked the ending. Some people might complain about it, but I like the idea that Chris Jericho was able to see that Superman punch coming and hit that Judas effect um, that allows this feud to continue. The Judas effect—we've talked about it before on the show. It was 100% created to give Jericho a, for lack of a better term, RKO out of nowhere type. One of those moves that he can hit, even even if he's being beat, he can pull this out and get a lucky. And that's kind of how this felt. Uh, Orange Cassidy could not quite surmount all of the heel tactics and that Judas effect. But I also um well, I mean, I know that the feud's not over, but I knew after this that the Orange Cassidy versus Jericho feud going to last longer and probably lead all the way up to um all out their next pay-per-view all out um in a month or two. so. I am all for that. But that brings me to the end of Fighter Fest Night 2. Um like I said, it was a good show. It was good overall. Um, I, I said on uh, our WBU episode, I'm fairly certain that that, next, uh, that night, I think it put on the better. But this was still a good, still was a fun show. We will move on now for Fight for the Fallen. The one that was just this kind of weird, still getting used to the idea that regular episodes of Dynamite are being named. You know, I mean, a year ago, these were free pay-per-view. And now they're just named episodes of Dynamite. And yes, I get it. A year ago, they didn't have AEW Dynamite. So they couldn't have done it on free T. But it's still, naming something doesn't make it any more special than not naming it unless make it. So we're going to talk about what did not work for me on Fight for the Fallen. And the first one is a big one. They didn't have Tony Schiavone. No, Tony Schiavone, that is a travesty. I don't know what, I don't even remember if they said why. Um, I don't care why uh, not having Tony Schiavone on there hurts it in my book. Don't get me wrong, Taz is a good replacement to start. Chris Jericho came on later and he's a good pl- replacement, but Tony Schiavone is the voice of my childhood and uh, hearing him on on AEW, one of my favorite things. Next thing that did not work for me, having the Jaguars cheerleaders come out uh, with Sonny Kiss to do his in. And this has nothing to do with Sonny Kiss. It has nothing to do with wanting the cheerleader. Y- you could just tell those cheerleaders didn't want to be there. They kind of just phoned in the dance. The minimal motions that they had. To, I mean, uh, here I am. The, they probably weren't getting paid extra. Just told, it's part of your contract. Come in and do this. Um, and so it, what was supposed to lend it a big feel... Your big entrance, big important entrance, just kind of fell flat for me. And sunny kiss deserves better than that. moving on to the next thing that did not work for me. Demo God, I get it. The name's catchy, but I do not like. Do not like bringing ratings into the actual storyline. Like, I get it. These are television shows. They're going to have ratings. Every show has. You never see uh, an episode of NCIS that says, you know, well, it's a good thing we lead the ratings in 18 to 24s or whatever. Because it's it doesn't make sense for the show to talk about it. Um, Good Morning America doesn't talk about uh, I, I just don't like them doing it. It doesn't make sense to me it distracts from the product it's already harped upon too much by things. Um, and I'll admit that I've talked about it before too but I just don't need it to be talked about on the actual. Um, but I get it. Chris Jericho is, is the king of making things to bigger things. So when he came up with this demo god, they weren't gonna tell him no Um, and he's a great talker. He make, he can make it anything popular. I guarantee you the demo God t-shirt is going to sell like hotcakes. I'm just not a fan of it. Not a fan at all. Moving on. Not a fan of the nightmare sisters. Not a fan of that name. Not a fan of them coming out and taking on enhancement talent. Uh, Kenzie page being one of the ones that Nyla squashed demolished last week. Didn't like it then. Um, just like I said with Nyla, you want to build the Nightmare Sisters up, but beating nobody's doesn't help them. Beating known wrestlers with Allie maybe cheating or or something like that behind Brandy's back would be better, but, um, but right now, just beating nobody's. It was a short match. It didn't really matter. Not a fan of it. And the final thing, the final thing that didn't work for me, and I might even catch a lot of heat for this, I... I don't like Vicky Guerrero being Nyla's manager. I don't like it. I think it's a bad choice. I think it's a bad choice because Vicky Guerrero's whole skill set is based on mic work and Nyla's already good at them, right? Nyla doesn't need help on the mic. What Nyla needs is uh, something like Arn Anderson is providing to Cody a coach, a kayfabe character. That's helping her win the match, you know, someone who can pull her aside during the match and be like, hey, look at Penelope for, you know, she does this before she tries to hit her big move or whatever. Something like that. That's Arn Anderson's been doing phenomenal with that. And that's where Nyla would have benefited by someone to make her matches more just the beast destroying. Th- um, I don't have anything against Vicky. In fact, I think I think. Having Vicky Guerrero be someone's mouthpiece would be a great fit, just not Nyla. Uh, frankly, um, Hikaru Shida, her English is getting better, but but I don't know if it's there yet. So having a Vicky Guerrero type mouthpiece to talk for Hikaru Shida might be a better option. I'm just not I'm not the not into Vicky Guerrero being the mouthpiece for Nyla. Doesn't work for me. But There were a lot of things on this week's Fight for the Fallen that did. And these are the important things. What didn't work for me are all trivial. There are things that can be fixed. There are things that you worked on. Um, And there are things that I can be proven wrong on. Like they could come along and uh, over a course of the next couple weeks, they could have Vicky Guerrero be essential to Nyla and prove me wrong on that. And I welcome being proven wrong. But I do also enjoy being proven right. Or at least seeing things go right. And so here are some of the things that work for me. the Cody versus Sonny Kids match. Cody versus Sonny Kiss to start the show off was great. It's banging. Oh, um, it was just an absolute bonkers good match. You know, Cody can pull a great match out of almost anyone, um, but he didn't need to pull a match out of Sunny Kiss. Sonny Kiss has a lot of skill and is very talented and very deserving of his place in AEW. Um, what was great with this match is Cody showing some ego that allowed him to get into trouble at a few times. Cody teasing heel things throughout the match, getting vicious with, with strikes on Sonny Kiss at one point. Um... And then in the end, afterwards, after Cody had had secured a victory, suddenly he goes back to being Mr. Nice Guy. These are these are great heel teases because a heel Cody is is mint is what it is. It is absolutely um, so I'm happy to see that. Even though at the end, Cody and Sonny kissed, hugged and, and celebrated together. Um, Sonny looked like a rock star even in defeat. This was a great match. Just like last week, FTR versus the Lucha Bros works for me. Great contrast of styles. Um, FTR being able to exploit the traditions of Lucha um By trying to pull the mask or actually succeeding on pulling the mask off, um, giving them the, the power to get the pen. Great stuff. Great stuff. But that's kind of where I say I, I'm not entirely sure that we can count FTR's faces either. Uh, but this was a great match and great contrast of style. So it works. Teasing the debut of a heel Omega also works for me. Are you spotting a trend? You've got some wrestlers that they've played as the goofy face or the the you know blue-eyed baby face uh, for so long in Cody and Kenny Omega. But both of them work so much better with their heel persona. And so in this match, The Elite versus Jurassic Express, you know, having Hangman, not Hangman, having Omega just kind of snap at one point and just start beating the tar out of him and teasing the cleaner. I am so ready for the cleaner. I will be so happy when that happens. I don't care if it's still as tag team with Hangman Page, uh, a drunk Hangman Page and a cleaner. I'm down for that. Um, I don't care if it's part of the breakup of Hangman Page and and, uh, Kenny Omega. Hangman can't stand Kenny Omega's being such a douche. Um, That's fine by me either, but the cleaner in AEW needs to happen. So down. Also down with Orange Cassidy juicing the inner circle. Everything about this segment was great. Everything. Loved it. Like, don't get me wrong, I hated the Demo God part that started it off, but once it got to the Orange Cassidy part of it, loved it. Loved it. When uh, Orange Cassidy put the thumbs down and the juice fell from the ceiling... And just coated them. You had Ortiz flopping around like a dying fish. You had Jericho throwing a little temper tantrum. Even even when they threw a towel to him so he could wipe his face off. It was an Orange Cassidy towel with Orange Cassidy's face huge. It was awesome. I loved every second of this. This was great stuff. This gets the Orange Cassidy thumbs up from me. Other things that worked. We're not done yet. This show was awesome. Sheeta extending the open challenge of her own. Obviously, AEW has seen how popular the Cody's open challenge for the TNT belt has been. So, you know, why not open it up for the women's champion? But I, I love it. My mind is already just just reeling with the possibilities because she opened it up for anybody. She did basically just like Cody did and uh, hinted that anyone, even people not contracted to AEW can fight for this. And so I'm just like thinking of all of the free agents or all of the NWA uh, wrestlers contracts can allow them to wrestle someplace else as long as they beat with NWA. Um, all the indie wrestlers that can get a shot at this. Even if they just get a shot and they get beat, um, as long as it's a competitive match and shows them off, I'm down with it. I'm 100% down for it. And then the final thing, and it's hard to say it's the final thing because it's the biggest thing of the night, John Moxley versus Brian Cage 100% worked for me. Everything about this was awesome. It was a brawl. Mox promised earlier that he was uh, not gonna go for the um, I want to call it the dirty D. Anyways, the little pile driver thing. It's late at night, so my brain's not not going for that because uh, Taz said Brian Cage's you know deltoid muscles were gonna be too big. Uh, he's not gonna be able to do it. Um, and so he said, that's fine. I'm just going to tear his arm off, his surgically repaired arm. And that's what happened here. The entire match featured Mox trying to find ways to get to that arm, attacking that arm. You know, Brian Cage was more powerful. Brian Cage could outpower Moxley at every turn, but Moxley just kept coming. He showed this cunning. He showed this grit that's so hallmark to his character. does not give up. He doesn't let someone just overpower him. he finds... And he came into this with a game plan of, I'm going to attack that arm. So every time Brian Cage started to get an upper hand, then sure enough, Moxley went after the arm. Moxley find another way to do it. I mean, there was arm bar rolling into a different arm bar, cross arm bar rolling into a Kimura lock, just all going after. There was even a whole segment uh, towards the end where Moxley had him in a variety of arm bars and was just staring at Taz at, at ringside and taunting him. I told you I was going to go after his arm. I told you I was going to go after his arm. He was even flipping him off. Look at me. I'm going after his arm. You can't stop me. Um, Just awesome. And I even 100% liked the ending. And I know that's going to be controversial. There are going to be some people out there who didn't like that. There are going to be some people who don't like the idea of throwing in the towel at all but I thought it was perfect because Tad th- Tad's throwing in the towel because he knows that Cage would rather let his arm get torn out of socket than tap. He knows the only way out of that that does not leave his, air quotes, client injured is throwing in the towel. That's so perfect there because now Brian Cage can eventually down the road Bring that up as a seed planted for a tree that hopefully won't won't blossom till months from now. Uh, cause this Taz and Brian Cage is a great combo right now. But down the road can blossom into the tree of what splits them up and allows Cage to to go off on his own. Because he really doesn't need a manager. It helps him right now establish legitimacy in AEW. But down the road, especially if they have um Taz find a new new protege to take Um, those were it was all great this whole segment was great and even afterwards so after the match is over after Moxley officially won by Brian Cage uh, having the towel thrown in um, Cage gets up and just continues to beat on Mox it's after the match he's not going to win anything but he's beating he's beating, beating then the lights go off and the lights come back on And there's Darby Allen out there. And Darby Allen dives off the top turnbuckle, nails uh, Cage right in, it looks like the throat with his skateboard. And so this is setting up the return of Darby Allen in the feud with Brian Cage. And this is going to be another one of those underdog stories Darby Allen, that's going to be him versus a mountain. And I'm 100% down for this will be fun so um, this whole episode all in all don't get me wrong i had things that didn't work for me there's never going to be a perfect episode there are going to be things that don't work for me but if you look at the things that didn't work for me they're all minuscule compared to the things from this episode Fight for the Fallen that did work. for This was a great episode, and I 100% am down with it, and I 100% will watch it again. But so, so for this week on Smart My Words, Smart My Words, AEW is the better show this week than NXT. I don't know what they put on on NXT. I still haven't watched it yet, but AEW show was so good. That I don't think it matters to me What NXT put together Smark my words, AEW is better Come at me bro But that is going to bring us to the end of Snap Judgments for AEW The debut Smark My Words episode And uh, again, sorry uh, that I didn't get last week's put together So many things going on right now Making it hard So I will play JLB's role and say Sorry I'm sorry I'll pretend to be Canadian and be so sorry about last week um because I'm American and Americans don't apologize um but in this case I am sorry I missed last week I hope going over it this week makes up for it I hope this change of format will work better where it's not a review this helps reduce the timeliness of it because it's not about talking about this happened then this happened this happened Um, because it's just getting really hard for me to put out the episode much early out. Um, but yes, loved this episode of AEW Dynamite. I'm 100% down for it. I'm excited for next week. Great, great. I'm not going to give ratings because I I don't think it matters. Um, I'm just going to say, I think it was a great episode. And if you haven't watched it, what are you doing? Listening to me? I just ruined it for you. But if you have watched it, go watch it again because it's awesome. And you know what else is awesome? You're awesome. You're awesome for listening to this show. I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate you liking it and subscribing and sharing it on your social media. I appreciate you uh, heading over to patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. Even if you choose not to become a patron, go check it out. Look at what the tiers offer. Um, and, and you know, see, maybe maybe you want to. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but check it out. Share it with your friends, even if they don't listen to the show. Share it on Twitter and social media, and maybe they'll decide to, to do it. But everything you can do to help us out, buy merch at shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU, or even just share the episodes or share um, the show itself on social media. Those are all great things to help us out. But again, thanks for listening. You are awesome and we will see you next time.